0: Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the 5'7 assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we
1: are again at the end of a rainbow. Get stuck! Get stuck! Get stuck!
0: Get stuck! Within about 10 seconds of hearing Fly Anakin for the first time, I knew this guy was born to rap. Immediately, his raspy voice caught my attention, sounding like he had a damn built-in plug-in within his vocal cords, making his dazzling bars sound so special. In this episode, Richmond Bourne's Frank, otherwise known as rapper and producer Fly Anakin, joins the show to discuss how he found his unique voice, the vision for the Almighty Mutant Academy that he had in mind when he first co-founded it, his recent achievements in Fly Sifu's and Frank, and the impressive world building that went into creating his cheeky, romantic, and effortlessly fun new album, Skinamax. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Bye Anakin, how you doing today?
2: I'm well, dog. how are you?
0: I'm great, I am great. Yeah, I'm very happy to have you on like, I feel you occupy a pretty interesting lane in the current rap scene. Unlike many other, unlike many other kind of like, quote, unquote, I hate the word, but um, quote, unquote, underground rappers, like, I feel like you have a really cool balance of this kind of like smooth, fun, coolness, but you still mix that in with a lot of like, substantial, soulful, thoughtful content. it's all just quite charming. It's like almost surreal sometimes. In like this, like it has, it's like shrouded in this surrealist haze, and you pull for such an eclectic set of influences and styles. It just makes it feel like your music is very hard to kind of categorize, which I find really cool. But how would you describe the type of hip hop that you you like to make? It's like
2: um, I don't know. It's probably like a form of jazz, probably. It's like some some kind of like free, whatever the fuck. Free form. Yeah, free form shit. Like I, I wouldn't know what to call that shit for real, dog. But I know I'm, I'm like a happy medium between what it was and what it is.
0: I like that. I like that. And I think it's in also in the way you write. You, you, it's very immersive and it like, it's not rigid, which I think is really cool. Like it's it has sometimes like these vignettes and stories. You got punchlines. It's just really hard to pin down. And I think you're just so good at kind of weaving in and out of different kind of like thoughts stories imagery and yeah it is kind of like jazz like in that way like it's very like fluid yeah yeah
2: yeah it's like yeah that's 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 how i would explain it you know it's like it's just pretty jazzy mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty upbeat jazzy shit. i've been trying to make um more like uh mindless music but um i don't know i'm in an interesting place musically.
0: you've been trying to make more mindless music is that what you're saying yeah What do you mean by mindless?
2: Like music about nothing.
0: You've been actually trying to do that? Why is is that? Because I enjoy that
2: shit so much. Like, I I listen to music about nothing all the time. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like that's the, that's that's, that's what, I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to even explain that part because if I really got down to the root of it, it's like, I feel like I've taken things a little too seriously. Like, too serious for too long. And I'm like, all right, I just want to have fun. So, songs like Taxi Cab Confessions and shit. It's like, I just wanted to just talk about nothing sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, just loosen the fuck up. Because I've, I've done a lot of shows since I've started making music. Like, i probably done more shows in the last two years than I've done in a while. It's like, it's shit that can be like actually accounted for. And, you know, um, people enjoy the little moment to just vibe out and just yell obscene words across the room it's like i don't know i'm just like trying to make my uh my performance experience a little more enjoyable for myself essentially
0: i mean it sounded like you were having a really good time when i saw you in uh in brooklyn just this past summer yeah
2: that was a that was probably the well not all right so between brooklyn and oakland Probably the best shows on that tour. But Brooklyn was, like, the first good show, like, on that okay. like, run. So that was, like, I don't know. I feel like I went Super Saiyan on that one. That was a good show. But yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards, like, where I, like, what I want to be fully. You know what I mean? But, like, ultimately, yeah, it's just, like, another bag that I got to figure out. Mm. Like, I learned how to make the serious shit. Like, I could tell stories and I can like, make my, my fucking traumatic moments sound like fucking beautiful songs. So yeah, now I want to make my nothingness. I want to give my nothingness a soundtrack. It's like, cause I just be kicking it, bro. I just be mm. at the career the game a lot of times. So if I was to even like sit and try to like get deep, I would have to think about something that hurt. me. I'm not upset about nothing right now.
0: <laughs> I'm chilling. I find like also in in the current scene right now, and I've obviously love music that is like, quote unquote, trying to say something it's right about certain traumatic experience, all that stuff. But I do feel especially, in like listeners, people are a little too get a little too weird. It's almost kind of weird to me, honest, sometimes where people really want rappers to open up about things that are really hard, where it's like, I understand like why you may like the music, but it's to like actually want that out of someone is a bit weird like yeah and i
2: feel like my fan base like like no no offense but y'all motherfuckers want that low-key. because when... whenever it happens motherfuckers be like this is the best song and i'm be like wow it's like i know how it feels though because like it's like the song things change like when i felt what i felt when i was writing that shit, i felt at my lowest but when i recorded it i'm like this is a good song it gave me goosebumps and shit. so oh, i'm yeah. like i know this is fine but i'm like Whenever I have like those moments, I'm like, damn, I got to listen to that song when I don't feel depressed (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's always going to bring me back to that fucked up ass moment. So it's cool. You know what I mean? Like it's a little capsule and shit. And ultimately it's like most music, I don't know, like at least from my side, it's like we really be going through shit. So if it come out that way, then that's really what it was. So I don't know. Like I said, it's like I'm not nowhere near as depressed as I was when I was making my oven. Like I was in a dark ass place a long time ago. Now it's way brighter. So I have it's to good. like I have to like make something that reflects the brightness. You know what I mean? So it don't have to like be mindless like I said, but like just less
0: serious. Yeah, it's just lighter. Yeah.
2: Yeah, literally just lighter and brighter you know what yeah. I mean? But like, I, I don't know how to make bright music in this current uh, moment of myself. Like everything I do, is, it, it comes out dark. Like mm-hmm. even the beats, you know what I mean? So like you know, it could have a, a bright undertone to it, but it's usually some dark shit. Yeah, I keep it up, I
0: You know, one of the key things that make your music really cool and really unique is that voice you have. It's just truly like has this kind of like undeniable character that makes me think like you were born to rap. Like, there's very few voices like that. I'm thinking, and especially seeing you live, that made it like abundantly clear because I could see there wasn't there's no effects on your shit. Like, (laughs) that's your voice. Uh, Reminds me of Wiki, another amazing rapper I've seen live. Had him on the show and. Also, just every time I speak to him, I'm like, yeah, you just rap. Just your voice is—you're doing exactly what you were put on this earth for. And I have a question from a a patron of the show, Noah or No God, as his, as as his artist name. He had a question related to this topic where he was wondering how or when did you find your voice as a rapper, and how do you go about like building in these cadences and vocal inflections around it?
2: I found my voice using bad studio equipment. Like I had to um, like a lot of my old shit, I had to scream just to make sure that the shit even like, you know what I mean? Like just to make sure it was even heard. But like I don't know, it's like I have moments where I'm like I go really high or I go really low. But like I lately I've been like in the middle where I've been trying to like just get comfortable with my calm voice. Like basically, like I, I remember talking to um my friend Tyron. And he was telling me, like, it feels like a more mature version of what I used to be, basically. And I kind of, like, can second that, you know what I mean? Because I don't know. I feel like I had a point to prove at that time. But now I'm like, all right, I am who I am, and I'm not fucking going nowhere, and it's permanent. So now I can calmly do what I got to do, you know what I mean? But at that time, that was my voice. At this time, I think this is my voice. But a lot of times, that shit could switch up. I don't know what my voice is no more. It's, it's, it's literally all types of them shits. Like I've been singing more and shit. Like that's a new voice. It's like I have to yeah. I have to exercise that voice. It's like, I still haven't found my voice to be honest with you. It's like, that shit is never in the journey for me. It's like, and I, I used to hate my voice. It's like, I just got to a place where I thought it was cool. It's like, I sit in the studio sessions and engineers and fucking have conversations about my voice for a whole hour long. And I was <laughs> like, wow, I can't believe that shit is like that. Like, Interesting to people, like it's just music to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, but I don't know. It's a part of it. It's a part of it. But like I said, my real answer to that, I don't think I found my voice yet. I'm still searching.
0: Wow. I mean, well, it's it, this kind of reminds me of uh another great artist, Rock Marcy, because when you listen to his early shit, like his voice, like was so distinctively different in terms of how he rapped. It's like you could tell me it's a different rapper and I believe it. Like when he's on Mars, like pre Marsburg, especially, but even Marsburg compared to like what he does now, like you can just tell he's he's choosing to just rap with like more like, I don't know, flair. Like he lets the, the the notes ride. He's having sounding like he's having a lot more fun, to be honest. And I mean, he's living a better life standard of living, I'm sure. So I don't blame him. So, yeah, I, I definitely see that kind of like over time just based on your lifestyle based on like what you want to do like that'll change and it's interesting though that you say you haven't found it because I, I feel like i i caught that immediately with you
2: the voice thing oh like a lot of the, the the shit with my music came naturally like flow wise like the voice thing like like i kind of just knew to rap with a certain like with a certain part of my chest so i would be able to breathe because if i was to just rap with my regular voice i'm gonna run out of like breath faster so I don't know, like all that shit. It, none of it was taught, bro. So, it's like I just started doing stuff, and, and then I learned that my method was a good technique. You know, with, yeah. for the longest, I just thought I was just winging it. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. This is this is it's natural, like 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 people say, this is something that just happens, and you just kind of would be mad for that shit. But I never practiced being a rapper or no shit like that just start doing that shit wrote a couple songs was like all right i like doing this so i kept doing it Yeah,
0: it seems very natural for you and you know having having spoken to a few other artists on the show that are from virginia virginia natives like doof mckinley dixon the music scene over there seems pretty unique like quite unlike a lot of other scenes in the states how how did how did that area generally influence like your your musical upbringing and how you developed your tastes for music and then like your love for hip hop
2: i don't think virginia really like influenced my um like my sound or or even the way i approach things until like maybe 2014 like soundcloud like when 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 soundcloud was like top of the fucking you know what i mean like soundcloud was the shit like yeah at that time doof was one of those people that had a uh, like a voice on SoundCloud, and I was just watching from afar, and I seen this motherfucker like he was working at a skate shop, like beside a Chipotle, and we was going to the Chipotle, and we heard Stanley Ipkiss playing, and I was like, wait, I know that voice, like who the fuck playing Stanley Ipkiss? I walked in there, and Doof was in that bitch, like like at the register, just like working and shit. So like we chopped it up, I got a verse from him, and um. Like, from there on, like, I kind of just, like, work with everybody that I thought was, like, cool. Like, in that, like, little, like, I wouldn't even call it a scene. It was really, like, a community. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Like, basically, I think from that point on, we started finding motherfuckers, and, find, like, people started finding us that were from Virginia. And then we realized, like, because the only person... Before then that really inspired me to do something was really like Nicholas Death. And like I wasn't I wasn't aware of Oblivion until like 2013, 2014. So once I learned all that shit, that's when I was like, yo, Virginia is crazy. Like not 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 even Virginia, really, like Richmond. Richmond. Like, yeah. The Richmond music history is like it got like more depth to it, like around that time. You know what I mean? And I feel like it was a lot of people working. Like I'm not gonna discredit nobody, but when we came around, I feel like we changed the environment a lot because we shine light on things that motherfuckers was ignoring, and, and we had a voice. It kind of just changed the dynamic, because you know it's like when you young and you seeing shit for what it is. Like you don't really have like the, like I don't even say like an ego, but like you're not really moving with like as much on your chest. Like you on the internet hearing shit for the first time, you can be a fan of it. It could take you somewhere. A lot of motherfuckers in Richmond wasn't using the internet for real, for real. And if they was using the internet, it wasn't for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when we started implementing the internet and our shit and really, you know what I mean, connecting dots outside of the city and bringing shit home, I feel like shit started to make a little more sense.
0: Yeah. And when did the sh- shift happen for you when you started making music and like get career in your style. When did it come to the point where you realized, like, damn, I can really make a career out of this music thing from just being like a hobby that you did for fun?
2: Probably like just traveling off of this shit, like seeing different states. Like I have I remember like probably 2016 is when we really first started like going out of town for shows and shit. Like I think we went to like New York, fucking like one of the Carolinas fucking um like dc some shit like that like we just went like a lot of places like just on the east coast and i come from a, a, a lot of motherfuckers that really don't travel that much like all mm. i seen was richmond for the first like 23 20 20 something years of my life it's like i don't know that that part alone was like all right cool it's like i want to do this just off the sheer fact that i could get the fuck out the house and like actually see something off of this shit it's like that was a big benefit you know what I mean like you need need scenery change sometimes and if if you can make money while doing that shit and you can like touch people you know what I mean it's like it's just it's just like a I don't know it's a gift that I can't stop giving but ultimately you get to a point where you get tired of traveling and then you be like damn I hate getting on planes but Mm. I'm also still very grateful for that shit because I get to do it you know it's like I definitely signed up for this shit so I'm not mad at what I do but it gets stressful
0: was there like a particular song or a kind of maybe just a project where it it really you saw like a different response from listeners where you're like oh shit people really like this one
2: yes yeah, this this ep called the grand scheme of things okay like, that was probably the first time where i was like oh um, i wouldn't even say that's the first time it's probably the second time i felt that way but also solo shit, that I was like all right bet like People give a fuck. And that whole time I was like super self conscious about that, that project. Like just thinking it wasn't what it needed to be. But then I put it out and people fucking thought it was the best thing in the world. That's literally how I live. Like that was his first thing he heard from me. And mm-hmm. he went from wherever. So I, I think that was a good um a good moment for Fly Anakin basically. It's like it was a small thing, but that shit left a real dent. Oh mm-hmm. shit.
0: You know. Yeah. And so like when I saw you perform with uh, Morpheus and Logie in, in Brooklyn earlier this summer, it was really clear to me how much the the whole Mutant Academy collective meant to you. You, you shouted that shit out constantly throughout the show, it was fun. You had also had the homies like Iwan and Kahuna along, even though they weren't technically like on the bill. And just man, like the degree of creativity that's come out of that camp and the kind of family atmosphere I feel like you guys always exude is just really cool to me um so i know i think a lot of people by now kind of talked about off uh off the recording that a lot of people are aware of how this like kind of started in terms of like who were the founders and all that you being one of them but what would you say was like the vision or like the goal of mutant academy when you first founded it and do you believe you've actually achieved it already um i think
2: the vision for mutant academy originally was just be the hardest duo originally uh, i think the goal got way bigger than that once we like extended the amount of people that was in the group but like i would say um the vision was to fucking just, just try to fucking just get out of where we was at and be who we thought we was like fully and like actualize that shit and just fucking create something you know what i mean because it didn't seem doable from where we was at and there's a whole lot of people that just counted us out for a long ass time. So I don't know. I watched motherfuckers I went to school with, like, not supporting my shit for years. Like, just for motherfuckers that's complete strangers to, like, treat me like I'm a unicorn mm. and be able to go out of the country and shit like that. It's like, I was so upset about, like, local attention. You know what I mean? Like, once I stopped, like, worrying about that shit. And we really like took Mutant Academy somewhere, and 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 realized that we had love everywhere else, but the crib for real, for real. That's when it clicks. Like wherever the vision was, it don't even fucking matter. It's just fucking stand on Mutant Academy business, keep making music the way we make music because we never had to force that style. Like that's literally just us. It's like we can make that shit all day long. So I don't know. And I, I think I think we definitely like are right near where we we want to be. Like. If this is where we wanna be, we like right there. Mm. Because for a long time we was just around here. You know what I mean? It's like it wasn't as organized as it needed to be, With like we have like meetings weekly now, you know what I mean? Like we talk all the time like as a group. So it's it's completely different. And we got a lot of shit that's about to happen. Like it's gonna be like a resurgence in some academy. And all the shit that I've been doing as a solo artist was done to provide. You know what I mean? I told niggas I wouldn't make another Music Academy album until I could bring a table to the table.
3: Yeah. I
2: said that's 2014. That's the last time we made one. It was 2013. It was just me and Henny at that time.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And I said I didn't want to make another one until it was right for real, for real. I wanted that shit to have what it deserved. I want some money behind it.
0: Yeah, I feel like what makes you guys really cool too is that you. You you really bring each other along for the ride, but you do, but you totally like tap. You don't just stay contained and confined to your kind of crew. You guys collaborate with many other people that are not technically Mutant Academy, and just kind of bring you kind of work outside, and then you bring it back. You work outside and you bring it back, and I think that just leads to you guys being so freaking diverse. And also like something I think I don't know if it was Ewan or. Concept Jackson, who I talked to earlier on the show, where they were talking about Mutant Academy and saying specifically that you guys are so self-sufficient in the sense that you just have someone in house that can do any, like everything. You if you want visuals, video, Almart, beats, rhymes, like you guys just have it all in this in this collective.
2: Yeah, we really are. A multimedia, like production company. Like, like, oh, like deadass. It's like, no way around that part. It's like, I don't know, it's just how the car is laid out. It's like, we met everybody individually, like, and it was all genuine connections. And a lot of those people we just made music with on SoundCloud and just like, fuck, I want to bring you with us, you know what I mean? It's like, it is what it is. I feel like the way that shit works out is is just by picking the right people,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you know what I mean? Like knowing good people, and no one to say all right cool enough for that
0: yeah and uh i think also just the name of it is was very apt like mutant alien i just think a lot of you especially like the some of these uh beat makers and and uh rappers on this uh in this group are just like i would say alien i'd say you're like an alien type mc just given just like how otherworldly and just unique a lot of your styles are
2: yeah thank you i, I see I, I remember when kendrick had first like like, like, have dropped, like, Good Kid, Mad City and shit. We was like, this motherfucker is an alien. So I take alien kind of serious. Yeah. <laughs> that's a What's that's a real compound.
0: Yeah, there's not many, there's not many of them out there, I would say. Uh, very few. Yeah, before we get into this latest album you dropped, I kind of want to rewind the clock a bit and just kind of walk through some key moments in your career that, I imagine we're really influential in kind of growing as an artist, but also just like growing your career generally. So with that, in 2020, you dropped the fucking amazing Fly Sifu of Pink Sifu. And for me personally, this this album was special because it was like a gateway drug to an entirely (laughs) new world of hip hop that I had heard of. But like at that point, I didn't dive into fully. And not only was it just a great physical, like a great pure musical product, but it was just deeply influential for me in my journey as a kind of younger hip-hop head. And for you, obviously seemed like a big moment given the rave reviews, the success. And I feel like the chemistry between you two were really what made it special because like Sifu had this, has this like kind of like hazy, hypnotizing style, kind of puts you in a trance as a listener. And then you come in with like that kind of swift punch in the fucking like, face it's just a really cool combination how you guys kind of work with within each other that just pops but how would you describe the 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 magic that was your creative chemistry with pink sifu like why did you guys complement each other so well
2: um this is another testament to like picking good people to make music with and also just not having to try too hard it's like it's just picking good beat and right you record it and then next song it's like that was the whole process with my seafood. It's like, and, and that's usually the process with everything. But the chemistry part is just like it's easy to have conversations with. Really, it's like I, I, can, I can. That's my bro. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like if I could if I could sit and talk and smoke with the motherfucker, I can make I can make a great album with them, I'm pretty sure. It's like, I'm not gonna make an album with somebody, I don't think I can make a great album. With him. It's like I, I understand music just as much as the listeners do. So. I heard that shit the same way. I'm like, this could be fire. First song we made, fire. It's like we never had to try to make a good song. It's like I don't know. We could probably make a, song, like a good song on a bad beat, but we haven't tried that.
0: <laughs> you don't need to try that. I think you guys are good with what you're doing now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's,
2: it's it's really just like that's that's really one of my friends, bro. Like all that dude, um, his his family, I, they they basically my family. It's like we we uh we always like like cross poly like like as far as like our groups and shit like you know what i mean it's like we on the same page it's like that chemistry is always gonna be what it is because that's my dog it's like whenever we want to we can make another flat seafood and blow shit up but i also feel like it's smart to just let shit play out
0: yeah yeah and i think like that that friendship is like really I feel like that you're saying yeah it's definitely a thing I notice in a lot of your music it just seems like it's very wholesome there nothing seems like oh these guys made a song together because they're just trying to get the clout or like get some new reach get some new fans like you and you and Sifu like seem like you were really enjoying yourself and the album is just so fun like it's the concept and the skits are just like hilarious like there's no other way to put it like. It's just yeah. very special. We, we, we
2: just come from a place where we 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 knew each other before a lot of shit even went down. So like it ain't even about clout. It's like it's really just about like timing and making a, a good song. You know, it's like well, I, know, I knew this nigga before he, a lot of shit. Like this was like I ain't gonna say like we day one, but also like rap shit. Like 2016 was a, was a real pivotal time to know a motherfucker because. We have shit for real. It's like, we still ain't got shit. But at that time it was like the building stage. So if you was there, you ingrained in that. You know what I mean? So like most of the people that's around now literally came around like, either around that time or like a year or
1: two before. Yeah, death to all carers. Multifaceted interference.
0: So moving on to like 2022, following Fly Sifu's, your your next major release was your most personal album yet in many ways, Frank. This album was phenomenal and again, represented a big step for you artistically through, you know, like the more personal nature of it, but also like some of the more structured songwriting with like some additional like hooks and and things of that nature that you're really diving into. But then also career-wise, you... It's clear that you created, uh, you treated this album with such a high degree of care because I think you had basically created the like vast majority of it in 2019, 2020, but you kept it in the tuck because as the pandemic rolled out, like you wanted to make sure you could push this album properly.
2: I was, And I was also just being insecure about that shit
0: too. <laughs> oh yeah? What was that? Why was, why were you, where'd the insecurity come from?
2: Man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, know what it is, but just like I said with that project, on um, the grand scheme of things, it's like sometimes I just don't know. <laughs> like you don't so know like, if it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's like you don't know what's gonna happen. It's like whenever, whenever, whenever I get to that point when I'm like, I don't know how, how what's gonna happen, it usually go crazy. So it's like that. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that in the process. So I should've shut the fuck up and just roll with it. But mm-hmm. my, I, I was definitely just like insecure. I'm like, I don't know if this shit gonna work. <laughs> I'm like, it's cool. It's like, but I don't know. It just didn't, it was cool. But I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this music. Like I had it just sitting like in a in a playlist basically. Like I just, I'm just making songs and just sitting them in this thing. I'm like, I guess this is the album. And after that, I sat, I sat on that version of it for like for like a year maybe and I just reworked the skits and shit and then it felt brand new again and then Grey Matter helped me with the, the track listing and that was it. It's like but for at least two years I was just sitting there like I don't know if this is gonna make sense.
0: Was it like the kind of like maybe the personal nature of it <laughs> or was it like maybe the beats that were like definitely I know you said it was like inspired by like some of the R&B records or soul records that you're your family had. I don't know, was that it? Maybe a different sound you weren't sure people were ready for?
2: Man, it just felt like the the way that life was happening, like it felt like nothing was gonna go right. Like <laughs> it was like the world was getting shut down while I was trying to finish that shit. So it was I don't know. And then I spent time in like LA working on shit with people, like and collecting songs. Like that was the first time I did that. It's like All my albums was worked on in Richmond. And if I recorded anything, I recorded it at home or at the homie crib. So it was just like, I started doing shit differently. So I was just like, uneasy about that shit. And I knew like, it's like, I know my music is good, but it's like, I'm still human as hell. So I just be thinking like, it could, something could be, you know what I mean? Like, what if somebody takes something wrong with some shit? Like, I think about every little detail. So like... I don't know, I held myself back on that process for a minute too. And I was waiting on a feature that never happened. And that also like held me back for a, a good little minute because I was trying to hold off. So I don't know, it was just a lot of a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit happened with the creation of that album. Even with the covers, like that cover was like, I was supposed to have like an artist paint some shit for me. Like mm-hmm. I had the whole idea drawn out. and like, I knew exactly what I wanted and shit, but dude folded on me last minute. So I was like, damn. The label found the fucking this photographer nigga that they know. And I went to New York. I fucking I had some 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 fucked up braids in my head. I was like, (laughs) I don't even want to take pictures like this. I felt fucked up. So I took the braids out on the fucking, on the plane, got off, went there, boom, cover done. You know what I mean? It's like the whole process of that album was like, it just didn't feel real. (laughs) <laughs> mm. was like this shit just feel like it's, i was doing this shit for nothing or something like i was doing hell hella photo shoots and shit everything was just so weird you know what I mean? yeah this is the first like, one you had around. a real
0: budget for right like this is yeah, like, like yeah
2: that was, that was the first solo thing because like Fly Seafood was on lex too but yeah. like i i was still learning how to how to work out my solo shit in the process of doing fly seafood it's like i didn't know that i can just fucking extra studio time and go to this place and you know what i mean like it's, just, it's, it's all it's all types of shit that was it was a big learning curve i'm glad that it worked out well but i'm also just like man i could have did that in my fucking sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> so i can't help but be like man this can't be that i don't know it's like and then it, it then it gets received well and i just gotta be like well yeah it's a great album when i'm already on cinemax by the time that shit comes out yeah
0: yeah like it feels like it just it was a big, a lot of new for you. And it was like you being the kind of the fo- main focal point, the star of what was your like most significant solo record. Like I can imagine the pressure felt a bit new or different that time around.
2: Yeah. And I just did another album before that at the end of the day. Yeah. And and I had my moment like, like I sat on that for a year. So it's like, I don't know. Music is just a, it's an interesting little journey for me, bro. It's like it's very personal. That's all I can say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what, what what kind of pushed you to finally like move past that insecurity to just be like, okay, hey, fuck it, I need to put this out. I
2: ain't gonna hold you the oh the, I got past it once Sean Price came out. Like once oh, okay. Sean Price came out, I was like, cool.
0: Yeah, because that was a single. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was that was all I needed. Cause because I it was the jitters of, of just dropping something. Like oh I I don't know. I guess it's a natural rapper.
0: Band. Okay, let's get into this new album, Skinamax. This is created with producer Foise. You've worked with him for for so long now. And you said in a previous interview uh, with OK Player, I believe, something pretty interesting. You said that he's the jelly to your peanut butter. And yeah. he just always yeah. tends to have the hardest songs on the albums you created. And you said that you wanted to pay more attention to the magnetism that you and Foise have. Which is something that you've clearly done, given the fact you linked up with him on this full-length collab album. What is it about his style of production that you love so much that like fosters this magnetism you speak of and keeps you coming back for more?
2: Uh, is is it it all lies in the beats that I heard when I first found out about Foxy on SoundCloud. It's like and, and we can all go back to that shit at any moment, but the first one I heard was um. I think it was called Cadillac or some shit like that. And it might've been like a cover, like the cover might've been that picture of Jay-Z when he was watching TV outside or some shit like that. But he had that joint, then he had an Outkast flip. And I was like, what the fuck is this man on? Like the, the, the shit, like he was sampling, like he was sample some shit that your dad would listen to, like <laughs> some old jazz flip or some some like R&B song and he'll make that shit sound hard. And, and I always like kind of just like connected his sample choice to porn, like softcore porn music. I would always joke on him, like you make porn music, but that's <laughs> been like a joke for years. Like, mine, we've been working since 2014, so I've been like constantly talking to him and just building and trying to figure out a way to make music. And you know what I mean, like throughout those years, bro, it's just been like, bro, we gotta we gotta make an album, and it just happened the way it did. But yeah, making Frank. And then listening back to all them songs, I was just like, damn, I didn't realize how many songs Foyzy had on this motherfucker. One, two, he got the hardest ones on the motherfucker. Three, every time I do a project and Foyzy's on the motherfucker, that's usually the favorite. So I was like, let's just put all this in one project. It's like, apparently we need to capsulate something. Like, So I mean, I don't know, so that's my heart brother. And I felt like it was a smart move. And, from what I'm seeing, like, side B has been received, like, a little, like, easier, like, than side A was. Because side A low-key didn't even, like, get good reviews and shit. Not that it matters, but, like, I knew people were confused. It's like, I, I knew you should have just dropped it all together, but it is what it is. Like.
0: Well, okay, so you, yeah, you said some interesting things. I do feel the romance in his music a lot. And I remember specifically at that show, I was stuck because was the DJ and uh, <laughs> did a great job on that show. And I was telling you, I was like, Love Song off Frank is the best beat I think he's ever made. And you guys are like, nah, listen to side B, wait, wait and see, wait and see. He's got a lot of good shit. But I I definitely see that romance feel in his music has always been like super apparent. I think it's only this album where yeah, I see the kind of the porn part of it. I could, <laughs> especially like Lacey, what is it, Lacey Duval? That's like, Duval. that. that's a... Like, the, yeah. I don't even, like, the whole sample, I, always, I only realized, like, like maybe my fourth, fifth listen, I'm like, oh, what's actually being said in the sample? I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is some serious, this is no joke.
2: Yeah, he wouldn't let me not rap on that beat, man, that shit was crazy. He yeah. was like, get him back, you gotta rap on this. I was like, man, but that's why I said, Forza, you a freak for this one. Like, I had to, I, like, I halfway didn't want to do it, it was just so far. <laughs>
0: I definitely see what you mean by him having some of the hardest beats. Cause like I was listening to at the end of the day earlier today and I remember this was actually probably the first full length project I heard of yours. And I remember thinking chess pieces was like my favorite joint Yeah, and he did that one. I was like, it's crazy. You mentioned that you were about this like whole idea of the side a side B being split up in the release. What was the reasoning behind that initially? And like, why do you feel you maybe shouldn't have done that in hindsight?
2: The label wanted to split it up because they felt like it was a little like soon to come back with another full lift when Frank just dropped type shit. Mm. So it was a way to stagger the release and make sure the rollout was understood and shit. But like, you know, it's business. But I look at it like like a fan at the end of it and I was like, it's cool as long as we can have both of them bitches on vinyl. So,
3: yeah, you
2: know, it's like if it was like the other way I wouldn't I wouldn't have felt with it but that was the main compromise it was like cool y'all got that but they got to come together on the record but yeah because you wanted I, this to be a
0: complete party. body of work right like yeah because it
2: is like you know what I mean like 100%. we it up but it's like that's it, it's out like it's not supposed to be two EP but it is what it is you know like it was a business move but I, I feel like we probably could have came back with the whole thing like I don't, I don't, I don't know if that would have been a problem with it you know
3: yeah
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you were mentioning that you felt side A wasn't received as well as side B. I feel like it's definitely one is like the skits, but it's only noticeably different when it's separated. That's the thing where I kind of agree with what you're saying, because like it made so much more sense. I love I may like side A more now than side B, but when I first heard side B, I was like, okay, I like side B more for sure. But then I listened to it together now and I'm like, no, I think I actually like side A more. Which I didn't say that, like, it made me love it so much more because I kind of understood the world you were, you were, um, you kind of building.
2: Yeah, it's like, it, it, it really came, like, it all makes sense with the full shit. You know what I mean? Like, if I was to try to sit down and, if I was to sit down and explain this shit at the day side they came out, people would be like, what? Because mm. you still need the end of the album. Like, if you only heard one part of the album, you're just gonna you're not going to be able to give me a real, thing on that shit
0: you know yeah and so let's let's get into that kind of the what the thinking was behind uh this kind of concept if you will of this album and just the sound because the brand of kind of funk soul r&b that colors the vibe of this album is is very apparent there's like this like playful dirty fun romance to the record big part of the charm and it's clear there's a lot of like intentional thought that went into the creation of this album so what was the thinking behind this concept of this record and your desire to dig into this kind of sound,
2: uh, it was it was really just zeroing in on that inside joke, the 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 central feeling that we all felt when we were trying to sneak in and watch porn for the first time. It's like that's a conversation you can have with any fucker about it. They're gonna have a story for you, you know what I mean? But we all can go back to you had to fucking have the remote in your hand and you had to be ready to push the button to switch that channel because a nigga gonna come see your ass. So right. I'm like connecting the feeling of the music to just trying to like like build a world around that shit you know what i mean like mind you like first time we I, first time i successfully was a part of a project that built the world was Fly seafood so yeah i took elements of the Fly seafood thing and i implemented that shit with Mask to create a world
3: that's so interesting kid
2: thing, yeah this good thing like i said probably would have made sense like if we did it all together or even just spaced it out a little bit but shit happens and fucking, it's it's still it still can be played as, as a one thing so i'm letting that shit be what it is and i know some of my best songs are on that shit
0: yeah i i can definitely agree with that and yeah that that sound that you picked given like this idea of like that first time you watch porn i think it made perfect sense at all like that very intimate soul r b vibe What attracts you to this particular kind of music in general? Because it's not like this is the first time you've rapped over these kinds, like at least parts, like moments on albums, Let not always the full thing. But what attracts you to this kind of like soulful uh, R&B sound?
2: I mean, shit, I grew up listening to it. My boss was all that shit. My boss was all that shit. It's like every Sunday you had to clean up and you heard a whole bunch of R&B. Like nobody wanted to hear the rap shit like I wanted to hear but I always looked at that shit as punishment when I couldn't hear rap music. Mm-hmm. Like, I started to appreciate it after a while, especially growing up. So even now, it's like I listen to like Mary J. Blige and shit on the way to the gym. Like I'm a big Erica fan, so yeah. I don't know. I just like I like that shit. But it's like, like I said, with the with the mindless music. Like if I was to zero in on the trap shit, it's like nobody can get mad at me. It's like I listen to that shit. Like when I was listening to a whole lot of boom bap shit, I was making shit like that. Yeah. It was a part of it but i don't know i think people grow and niggas evolve and yeah it's just the era bro it's like everybody has an era it's like shit change it's like supposed to change
0: yeah and i feel like your your camp also has a lot of good connections and relationships with like because you mentioned you love badu like like live kia um I'm, I'm, I'm gonna butcher the name but uh the the girl that was on uh things change like those are just some truly like those are like the, the next crop of like some yeah the next crop of just like some of the best singers I've heard in years. Um, yeah, like they're around, just,
3: bro.
2: They are yeah. around. It's some. It's some great like vocalist style here, bro.
0: Yeah, I'm like, seeing Liv like, at the end of the month in Toronto. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm
2: I'm nowhere near as tapped in as I need to be, but like when I find them and, and I can like make a song that makes sense, like I definitely try to work with all of them. Yeah.
0: Like, and I think this album also was like in the in kind of like. On the right track of your what you were saying the beginning of this conversation about making music that's lighter that's not like necessarily talking about like super incredibly traumatic dark shit all the time like i think this is a great step in that direction even though yeah. there are some moments that are a little more serious like that yeah yeah
2: i just have to i have to um express who i am in this current time and not like try to be who i was because it's like I, I spent a lot of time just like listening to me and saying, all right, cool. Like, this is my style. I'm staying here. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I'm not even as impressionable as I was. It's like, I can listen to a bunch of, a bunch of shit all day long, and it's just going to come out like how, I, how I do music all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, bro, but I know I'm not as depressed as I was when I first started. So I have to be true about that part. It's like, I'm not, I'm not sad. It's hard to make sad music when you're not sad.
0: Yeah, it'll come off phony as fuck, and yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's a good thing to be celebrated that you're not in that space, like first and foremost. Yeah. But
2: but that also makes it weird because I love darkness. Yeah, so, I, mean, I feel I'm like it's an artist about... thing.
0: I I just like people with a creative brain. I find there's like beauty in darkness. Like I always say that. I'm a, I'm like that 100. Yeah, like that's
2: that's the core of it, bro. Darkness. Yeah. Man. I hear, I hear a, a, a beat that, that made me think of a dark alley. I want her rap on there every time. Bitch, non-toxic, but I'm still a better option. Yeah, steady clocking way too fast. It made me nauseous. so bad I won't be that for your ass. she made me mad today, niggas. I ain't seen it years. Don't
1: trust you.
0: I feel like this album does a good job of like showing off like this continued progression in your skill set when it comes to like the song running. There's very prominent hooks that go really hard here. And then there's also some songs that like given the Foise production are really challenging to rap over like Blicky Bob, Like that's one of your best songs. Like I, I've that, that and that's very technically difficult. It sounds to actually pull off. So, like, how did this record, if at all, push you to improve your craft as a rapper and songwriter?
2: Oh, I think Blinky Bot was pretty easy. Like I I, I love that song too
0: though. But like as maybe far it's as just rapping, the rhythm, like the fact that it's so catchy while you're actually rapping. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know,
2: man. That was I don't know. That was that was that was definitely one of the moments where I was like, I wanna uh, we, Me and, me and Foyzy was just having to talk about that kind of shit. It's like, we, we're we aware of what we're listening to, bro. It's like, I, I want to make fun of shit like that. So when he made that beat, like, he was making that shit like, like some random ass morning. Like, within the month of us working on that shit, like, he was just there making stuff. And that was one of the ones. And I was like, damn, I got to use that shit. And whatever I said came out and we recorded it and we loved it. And We was like, damn, <laughs> this is your hardest book. So good. <laughs> that, that that was probably the most exciting moment after the whole shit. It's like every song I love, but that was the moment for me. That's why we made it the first song. Mm-hmm. Like it
3: sets that, it off cap,
2: that that is the era. Like that's the moment where I was like, fuck this shit. I don't want to care too much right now. Like, and that's what I mean when I'm saying I'm like I want to make more mileage music, shit like that.
0: Yeah yeah and like the the hooks and i think we're like a a continuation of what frank showed but i think this one like so many of these songs have really sticky hooks that i haven't heard from your music in the past because i don't think like you were trying to do that necessarily but you're doing Uh, that now and it's impressive
2: well a long time i was cool with a verse and just go if i like that beat enough i was just thinking the first thing i can write it put it on there and be out of there like most of my songs is like fifty-nine seconds long type shit. So I don't know. I got off on that. I thought it was cool. But now it's a it's a it's a trend. So I'm kinda like, all right, let me make real songs.
0: <laughs> yeah, hooks are coming back now. Now it's now it's like unique to have hooks again in like some spaces in the rap rap game. Yeah.
2: I, I really like when I started working on the Frank shit, I was listening to a lot of Mesh beat So the hook thing. It really came from him. I was like, this nigga was great at making songs on other people's shit. So I'm like, I just need to make songs. Like that's he, Max B, definitely inspired me on some on, on songwriting. It's like just make a hook. It's like now I'm like maybe I should do a bridge every once in a while. My girl we doing bridges and shit. It's like songwriting is interesting, but I was very lazy with that shit at one point. Like I just thought it was cool to just do the one thing. But trying to do a b c a d now like yeah. get some shit replayed. Might like like put some instruments on the next album
0: okay i could be into that i could be into that yeah i just i think you did you really showed off that growth big time on this record because yeah like the the verses are sick but i'm i'm really having a lot of earworms and like hooks that are stuck in my head even after i'm done playing it and the and the rhythms from from foise is just like super impressive to me like uh that push you, I think, in a cool places. It rem- and actually, a lot of this album reminds me of that Concept Jackson Obliv record, uh, Jet Magazine. Cause that had that, that was definitely not the exact same, but there was very much like in that romance, kind of like soulful bag. And I think it needed that kind of alien level performance. So I'll use that word again from both of you guys respectively to pull it off. Cause those are some of my favorite albums of the past uh couple of years.
2: Yeah. Niggas is like music, man. It's a certain certain world of music that that motherfuckers really fuck with. It mm-hmm. ain't so many people that like it that much, but the ones that do, I don't know. Like you said, other world, other world, we should. Mm-hmm. We like yeah. other world. We
0: uh, so I want to just get into before we wrap this up. Like, what is some upcoming work? You know, tour merch that your fans should look out for both from you but maybe if you want to speak on like mutant academy stuff in general as well
2: um like i said about Mutant academy like you can expect a whole lot of shit. it's very, very very soon like not just merch but just every fucking thing like the albums like lots of the albums like we're about to be on surreal no limit shit. as far as my shit, i got merch on uh, I'm about to do some shows with uh fucking my my palms is itching. That's a great song. Um, uh, I'm about to do some shows with Seafood and Ali next week
0: on the Leather Boulevard tour. Yeah. And, oh, that's crazy.
2: Uh, crazy. I gotta yeah. go back to Europe in November to do shows and shit with um fucking Mavi and Mike and them and Arm and Hammer and shit yeah it's it's a lot of shit that's about to happen and i don't really want to spoil nothing or like jinx nothing either so i'm kind of just like at a stale me but shit gonna be lit though
0: yeah i mean that that wax that you got for this record is is like really special like the packaging the
2: it's my best it's my best set it's my best setup ever like like that's that's it's the full the fully actualized idea of what i had like fully is there yeah they, nailed it. <laughs> they yeah. fucking nailed it like hell yeah I, I almost cried when i saw that shit so it's a new bar set like i can't do nothing less crazy than this mm-hmm. yeah. i have
0: no doubt you won't
2: i have no doubt i have no doubt I, I personally feel like this is definitely a new it's the new floor so i have to fucking figure out my new floor now. i gotta surpass this shit
0: well i just have to say i'm just so happy to see the success you've had you're you're a good dude and I just yeah, I'm so excited to see what you got coming up next. Like both you and even academy. It's really, really good to see you and I'm really happy you came on the show. I appreciate it, man.
2: I appreciate you having me, bro. I've been seeing your support for a long time. It's like the only reason I took this 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 this, this job regardless it's because it's like a lot of times motherfuckers just be doing stuff and, and they'll have a little publications and shit and motherfuckers just do stuff because people feel like they have to. But
3: mm-hmm. it's
2: like if I see somebody that's like like slowly building they shit up and working with people that like that matter, you know what I mean? Like shining light on shit that actually deserve it. And you a good person too, because you fuck with our shit so much. I feel like by default, if you fuck with us this hard, you gotta be a good person to support. I agree with
0: that. that.
2: You know what I mean? It's like, cause our shit be very pure. So I'm like, if you if, I don't know. Motherfuckers can be whoever they are. Like it is what it is. But I just feel like you on a good road, like, for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Shine a light on the shit that we fuck with. So, like, doing a good job. I
0: appreciate that. Appreciate I don't know. I'm, I don't think I've met a, a whack Mutant Academy Fly Anakin fan before, to be honest. I don't think they exist. We never know. Yeah, we never
2: but know. if they fuck with me, I fuck with them. It's yeah. Like, by, by default, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's even, like, you know? It, it, it goes far. It goes far. But I love everybody. Even if they don't love me. It's love.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I just wanted to say before we uh, wrap up that I'm wearing jeans right now, so I apologize in advance. I know you're not a fan. Hey,
2: bro, I got I got two pairs of jeans, dog. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I might get a couple more this year. Like, yeah, like man, I was, Jeans are I was, fly, I man. I've been working out, and, and, and honestly, on some grown-up shit, you need a couple good pairs of jeans. And in my mind at that time, I didn't give a fuck about that mindset because I was uncomfortable on stage in a pair of jeans. I'm not going to lie. I still may or may not perform in jeans, but whoever want to wear jeans, I'm never going to judge them. I'm definitely going to look at them a little funny. If you at a show and you're standing and you're sweating and shit, you just got jeans on.
0: (laughs) That's what I was doing when I was watching you. I had jeans on.
2: (laughs) It's crazy, but... I'm gonna tell you, I don't judge no more. At one time, I was definitely judging people that wore jeans, though. But it's it's nothing to to uh, make fun of because I like I said, I got two pairs of jeans.
3: Yeah,
2: and I might get two more. <laughs> and if I get two more and they can start clowning me because I got all jeans, what have I created?
0: Yeah, this culture a of world. hate. Ky Anakin cult- creating a culture of hate. And that's people,
2: the connect, people connect gene hatred to me now and, <laughs> and i thought it was funny but now look at me trying to grow up you see man, that's how maturity.
0: Like over, dog. yeah it's maturity man i've seen the growth i respect it i, respect I started it. singing and shit and i want to wear jeans what am i turning into <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right man uh thank you so much for coming on again enjoy that ice cream you're gonna get with your girl and uh Talk to you later, man. Peace.
1: Things change, baby, I know. We're around right we go. I be here till the wheels yes. broke even more. Feasting on it, thought it's tomorrow. Everything we had was borrowed, I've been saving up the paper cuz it's high. Don't feel safe enough to wallow in that. The bottle's adding up, the cheeks turning. the weed burning up beneath learning. In my mind I've been dancing like nobody's watching. earning every stripe being me. Fell asleep through sermons, my demons spicy. they was fighting that shit. Who would have thought the game was free? They got me writing this
0: so there we have it another episode of the rap music plug podcast presented by qlc tv i hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new rap music plug podcast patreon through this patreon you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes exclusive album recommendations exclusive playlists early access to episodes and more and above all though you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time i spend on this show already but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the rmpp has experienced recently so if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well but that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.